Welcome to The Oracle, a podcast for wild feminine wisdom channeled from the deep. I'm your host, Miriam Ropschitz, creatrix of Moonbody. I'm a guide for women sharing body-based teachings on the feminine. The Oracle brings you podcasts on womb wisdom, sacred sexuality, embodiment, and the women's mysteries. My prayer is that these conversations with my coven enrich, ignite, and inspire your relationship to the sacred feminine for a life of magic, pleasure, and power. Hi beautiful people and welcome to episode 10 of the Oracle podcast. As usual I'm in a field of cows. (laughs) It's a beautiful autumnal day here in Somerset. The sun is out, it's crisp, the crows are saying hello, the blackberries are on the hedges. Everything is as it should be. Today on the podcast I'm joined by a dear friend of mine who I love and adore and who many of you know and love as well, it's Fiona McCoss. So Fiona and I met just over a year ago when she moved to Somerset, and we've spent the last year doing lots of beautiful, fun, sisterly things together, and just getting to know each other. And we are actually collaborating on our first co-creation, Dark Goddess Retreat. And we'll tell you a lot more about that at the end of the episode for any of those who want to come and join us for this beautiful work. Fiona is a women's mentor and transformational facilitator in service to embodied and erotic feminine power and leadership. She's passionate about awakening and activating the unapologetic feminine essence and guiding women back to the truth of their body, their sexuality, their voice, their pleasure and their purpose. She's known for her no BS, say it how it is approach, and she shares her work with a community of women all around the world, both online and in person. As I speak to in this episode, she is a trailblazer and is known for her provocative offerings and art and words in the world. And she's a beautiful human being who I love dearly, and I love watching her thrive and watching her create. Oi! Shush! Dogs barking at cows. And I'm excited to share this episode with you. We have a lot of good chats and it's good to record one. We go into some yeah, beautiful conversations about authenticity, about the body, about sexuality and about Fiona's work and about our beautiful co-creation, Dark Goddess Retreat. So grab a cup of tea and enjoy this episode, loves. Hello, dear listeners to the Oracle podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have a dear friend of mine here. That is Fiona McCoss. Hello, Fee. Hi, my love. Thank you for having me. It is my absolute pleasure, love. Welcome. Can we start off by you telling us a little bit about where you are in the world today? Yes, I am in Somerset in a little village just south of Bath and I'm on a farm and my partner works um, tending to the the land he's the organic grower so we moved here just over a year ago and it's it's beautiful it's very blissful it's very peaceful um yeah it's definitely it's definitely really grounding and really nourishing to be here Mm, beautiful you're about 40 minutes away from me, I think. Yeah, we're neighbours. We're Somerset sisters. <laughs> yeah. And where are you from originally, love? Can you tell us a little bit about your ancestry and about the places that you've lived in the world? Yes, it's so funny because usually I kind of balk at that question because I find that people love to put people in a box and, t- you know, when 
they're like, oh, where are you from? And then I say, oh, I'm Scottish. And then it's like, oh, you don't have a Scottish accent. And then I feel like I have to go into the whole spiel. But in fairness, I'm actually half Scottish, half Welsh. It's pretty, you know, divided between in half. Um, but I didn't grow up in Scotland, hence the lack of the the jazzy accent. Um, I was born in Holland and then we moved around the world loads as a kid because of my dad's job. And I've I've lived in the UK really since I was about 13 and have traveled loads. So I am British. I do tend to say that I'm Scottish just because I've lived I've lived there and I haven't lived in Wales. Um, but I definitely have a strong Celtic heritage that I am very proud to hold and I absolutely love going home to Scotland um, where my parents live is absolutely magical on the west coast but I do I do also feel like you know what's that cringy way of saying it like a citizen of the world like I do feel very international um, so whilst I am you know British slash Scottish <laughs> I do I don't know that I can 100% say that I feel that this is home yeah, I sense that with you. And I have it myself to some degree as well, this feeling of when you've lived elsewhere for considerable periods of time, there's this sense of, you know, where is my home? Nowhere's home. Everywhere's home. But, yeah, where actually is my home? <laughs> yeah, and I think as well, you know, home is the people that you are around. So when I, you know, when I say I go home to Scotland, it's because... Um, my parents are there but that wasn't my family home and then I also consider home as being in Somerset because it's my partner and my dog so I think the home can always change um, but I do yeah it's a funny one being British in this world as well with all of our kind of like troubled <laughs> troubled past but I do definitely yeah I, I am very proud to be to, to call myself Scottish and, and Celtic and Welsh that's for sure yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I have was just having a conversation with Kathy Coyle about this, who was also a dear sister and a, another teacher on the cosmic feminine training like yourself. And we were just speaking about, you know, when you have these, I'm English and Irish and Scottish and you're Welsh and Scottish and she's Irish. And when we have these different aspects of ourselves from these countries these neighboring countries that have very different standings in the world and very different relationships with each other you know England doing terrible things to the Welsh and to the Irish and Scottish and then being part Irish and being part it's all very very complex to have these different yeah, aspects of the power dynamic within ourselves. Something I wanted to ask you is right now I'm here in Somerset in my house where you've been obviously and the hedgerows are alive. This is one of my favourite times of the year. The hedges are full of hawthorn berries and rose hips and blackberries and I wanted to ask what about this kind of season in this place do you really love? I it's funny you say that because I um yeah I was just walking my dog Nora earlier and yeah the hedgerows are absolutely full of um blackberries we call them blabs and uh so we we do our morning walk and we have some blab blab snacks on the way and we were picking elderberries at the weekend and I just love seeing you know the leaves starting to fall the leaves starting to turn I feel like I woke up this morning and it was that you know, sunny but crisp and cool morning. Um, I love autumn. It's also my birthday season, so I kind of always get excited about this time of year after having, you know, a good summer. I really relish the the changing of the seasons and the, the turning inward and the putting on the cozy layers and the getting the knitwear out um, and putting the fires on and things. So I, I do love this time of year. Mm, I just lit the fire, actually, and I have a woolly jumper on right now. <laughs> something else I love about the autumn is it's we're going into the dark part of the year and there's this feeling of the liminal this boundary between the light and the dark part of the year there's this overlap and this kind of mystical sense of a divide that starts to open up and 
I think I already know how you feel about this because obviously we're hosting a beautiful retreat that has a lot to do with the power of autumn and the liminal power of this time of year. But as women, we have a really special relationship with the liminal as we find ourselves often in these really powerful and important liminal states, whether it's creatively or sexually, or as we go into our bleeding days, we go through this portal from more of a grounded everyday consciousness into this more psychic realm. So yeah, I'd be very curious to hear what you want to say about that, love. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny, I'm going through a bit of a process right now of, of um, yeah, just going inward and kind of preparing myself for a death that's to come. And I really don't know what's on the other side. And and it is this real surrendering into the unknown and, and tapping into, you know, the intuitive whispers and, and listening to that which is outside of yourself. And, you know, I'm choosing at this moment to really step away some, from some of the noise so that I can really listen and be with my body and be with my my intuition and and kind of speak with the divine with the universe and and get some guidance and I, I absolutely believe this time of year is so powerful for that when I think back to the last few years it's always this time of year that gets a bit crunchy that I I go through some kind of like big transition big initiation big kind of evolution I do think it's yeah there is something really powerful about this time of year and I'm so excited to be sharing our retreat with women at this time of year as well because I think just the magic and the mystery of of this of October of this time is just so is so delicious and dark and you you never really know what you're going to get when you step in Mm, beautifully said I was just thinking and while you were speaking that it's probably for me summer where I usually get an annual little spanking from the divine and end up going through a transformation period that can feel a little bit crunchy and it always jars me because I love summer I love the sun I love to be outside in a dress and summer is supposed to be light and fun and then yeah I get a good cosmic seeing too usually and then I was thinking maybe I mean it's your solar return to your birthday soon so maybe that is why now is generally for you a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it. So you're a Libra sun. Tell us your ascendant and moon, please, love. Libra sun, Leo moon and Sag rising. I love those. It just feels very you. Have you ever looked into sidereal astrology? No, I have not. It's based off of vedic astrology you know where there's 13 signs of the zodiac if it's the same as vedic i have and i i had a reading once and the only thing that was different was i was an aquarius rising instead of sag oh that's an interesting placement you know i'm really not sure which is the truest system and that's what i'm interested in which is the most accurate something i should probably ask my friend aisha aka Oath Oracle about because she knows about this stuff. But I'm not massively keen on the sidereal astrology because it makes me a Capricorn sun and some other placements that are just... I think it makes me an Aries moon and a Virgo rising (laughs) as opposed to my Aquarius sun, Taurus moon and Libra rising. Choose the stars. Make them work for you. (laughs) Choose your own astrology. There is something to be said for breaking the patterns that we... We can become very embedded and over-identified with our astrology and our sun signs especially. So I think there's something to be said for disrupting some of that. At the same time, you know, I love astrology. It's not some woo-woo, new age thing. It's ancient and... For sure, the the arrangement of stars at our birth have an effect on who we are. You know, it's not some out there made up idea that the cosmos influences us as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be a really helpful framework to understand more about yourself. But 
you know, like somebody um, told me once, it's helpful until it's not helpful. Um, and I think that's such a, a perfect um, phrase to, to put against anything, you know, like polarity or human design or gene keys or anything where we can suddenly feel like, oh, I have this framework now to understand ourselves. And then all of a sudden we end up in another box because all we see ourselves as is polarity or or is a manifesto or is a Libra sun, you know. I think it's really helpful to have um, to have more context, but again, to kind of to step back and gain a, a bigger perspective. Um, otherwise, we just get so attached to these identities and then we just end up, as I said, in, in more boxes and just in more chains that keep us um, almost like slaves to kind of fulfilling a role or an identity that, that we've ascribed to or that has been ascribed to us. Yeah. As you said, these systems are meant to give us more self-awareness, but if they start to obstruct our growth, then they're not doing what they're intended to do. And speaking of that, you mentioned how you're passing through this death process at the moment, or, you know, you're coming up to one is what I think you said. And I want to ask you, there will be lots of listeners who are intrigued by the way that you're speaking about this so candidly. There will be women listening who admire you. And I love how you are speaking about this and framing it as something positive. This isn't something to not speak about. This is something to to welcome in. So I'm wondering for anyone listening and feeling curious about this, what would you offer to support them if they went through or are going through a similar process? I think just to remind them to just be radically authentic to to the truth of what they're going through rather than just slap a smile on it and pretend that everything's okay when inside you're feeling this turmoil or you're feeling out of alignment and you're, or you're experiencing physical symptoms of the misalignment. I think if, if you're able to pull back and really take stock at what feels off and lean into that and like let yourself get swampy, let yourself go into the shadows, let yourself look at your bullshit for what it is to to see what needs to change because otherwise just plodding through the status quo you're going to find yourself where you are now in a year's time or in you know however long and nothing will have changed and I think what a fucking shame to do that to not actually be really honest and take a big dose of true serum and sit down with yourself maybe have a, a, a stern word because you only have this one precious life. So stop fucking around and stop avoiding the pain and the crunchy parts because that's that's part of life. And there's so much magic and medicine on the other side of it. And while it feels really uncomfortable and really scary sometimes to go into that that period or or that part of you, just kind of hold the faith that on the other side is something so much better and so much more aligned and, and so much more expansive but it does require like a little um a little dance into the contraction um because that's just life we can't avoid it we can't avoid it but then we're just causing more suffering do you ever think that you know sometimes in life we meet people or we have people in our in our you know communities our families who don't seem to change, who don't seem to grow. And I'm wondering whether you think that might be because when they're faced with these moments that are initiatory, that are difficult, that are challenging, that they reject and resist them instead of going through this transformative moment, this death moment that ultimately brings us out onto the other side. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. I think there's a, a massive, you know, issue with just people being in denial of of their truth. And, you know, we live in a system and in a society where, um, you know, we're, we're used to playing the good girl, we're used to people pleasing, we're used to being the martyr and all of these, you know, shadow aspects and behaviors that, that come out and ultimately act as, you know, defense mechanisms. We're just fucking lying to ourselves. So I think, you know, anybody who can say, or feel that they're not experiencing growth or that they're feeling stuck is that I think there's probably a big resistance to actually 
being really truthful and really honest with with what's actually happening with what you're actually feeling and what with what actually needs to change because there's so much i mean we're cyclical beings we we're, we're made to go through the the death and the rebirth we can't just live the same life for from the day we're born until the day we die like we're always going through many many deaths and and cycles and spirals of life so to fight that is we're just going against our the very nature of what it is to to be a feminine being we'll speak more about our beautiful co-creation dark goddess retreat towards the end of this episode but i can't resist just dropping this in that as women as feminine beings we have a very special and necessary relationship with the sacred dark, with the liminal, with the mystery, whether that's in the autumn winter of the seasons or the autumn winter of our inner seasons, our luteal phase and menstrual cycle, or with the initiatory symbolic death phases that we pass through, whether it's as birthing women, whether it's as any of the other manifestations of passing through these liminal spaces in our lives, the feminine is intimately connected to the sacred dark. And that relationship requires recognition for women to be the women they came here to be. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned radical authenticity and someone who knows you, I can feel and see how this is absolutely key to who you are as a person and also to the medicine of the work you bring to the world. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how radical authenticity plays a part in your work. Mm. I feel like radical authenticity is um, one of the things that people come to me the most about. I find it so abhorrent <laughs> to to feel and see people behaving in inauthentic ways. And you're a five one as well, and I'm a five one, so it's like we're used to be very polarizing mm. and speaking our truth and kind of being this this role model for just like no bullshit. And I think. It's so easy for me to be activating without even meaning to. And I think it's a little bit of my um, my manifesto energy. But radical authenticity, I think, is like what everybody hungers for. We live in this world which is completely superficial. You know, we live in superficial lighting. We live days that are set up to be, you know, against the natural rhythms of our body People are lying left, right and center. There's corruption everywhere. So I think coming back to like the core of who the fuck am I and how can I align myself to that expression every day is like the biggest breath of fresh air anybody can feel if you're the one embodying that essence. And it's the thing that people are hungry for if they're waking up every day and lying to ourselves like we've already spoken about. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of conviction to realign yourself every day to be in authentic expression because it's so hard because as I mentioned before you know we have all of these shadow behaviors like the good girl and all of these ways that we feel like we have to behave and express ourselves to be accepted in this world and I think just to really go through the process go into the shadows go into the why of why we do this of where we learn this and shed all of those layers just to come back to the core of like who am I what is my medicine what is the movement I'm here to lead what is the change I'm here to impact and influence and get into like unapologetic alignment with that because no one can take that away from you. No one can distort that. No one can copy that. That for me like turns me on and gets me so excited to, to support women to find and claim and own that truth within them because there's so much collective and ancestral patterning and imprinting that needs to be unraveled so much like trauma all the bullshit that we may have learned from our families, you know, church society, all of that needs to be dissolved away and shed in order to come back to this truth. But once, as I said, once you find it, it's like the biggest coming home because it's like, oh my goodness, I've actually just found me. I found my why, I found my purpose. And I, I guess just 
I think quite naturally, like I haven't even, I didn't even try to to kind of set myself up to be on a path to um, to support women with that specifically, but it gets me so excited that I think that it's just ended up being the thing that I talk about so much because when I see, when I work with my clients and when I kind of see the before and afters, you know, women who come to me who, who are afraid of sharing their voice, afraid of taking up space, you know, they're hiding behind their sorries, they're hiding behind all these like bullshit limiting beliefs they have. And then at the end of our time together, they're like fucking slaying they've got, you know, clients or they're on stages or they're doing podcasts, whatever it is that they're doing that is a way of making their impact in this world. It's like, fuck me. I like all I want to be doing is supporting women anchoring into that power because that is just, that is what, that, that's what's going to change the world. More and more women just standing in their power and their radical authenticity. It, and it's magnetic. It's so influential. It's so magnetic and it's so inspiring. I'm feeling inspired just listening to you. So you mentioned voice and I want to ask you more about that. How is it that you work with your clients around voice as one aspect of embodiment? Mm. I mean, the, you know, the voice can be, it can come through in many different ways. It can come through through like the physical expression of like, you know, your voice through through sound, through your mouth, but also through just like any form of communication, you know, writing, um, sharing your truth online, you know, finding a way of sharing your your truth in terms of like how you live your, your life, even at the dinner table, standing up for your opinions, um, you know, changing like the dynamics in family. If you were like the quiet one who just nodded and did what everybody else did. And then all of a sudden now you're like, oh, I'm actually going to take a stand for what I believe in. And this isn't what I believe in. So it can kind of take shape in many different ways. But ultimately it's kind of really supporting women to meet the part of them inside that maybe was made to feel afraid for speaking out, you know, when they were younger or um, if they were they were dominated by older brothers or a father or uncle, whoever it may be, who, you know, tends to maybe be like the masculine energy, the, the dominant over masculine energy that, that li literally made the feminine like afraid to, to be who she was. It could be, you know, relate to ancestral trauma and memory of being like, you know, like burnt at the stake for, for being who you were, for speaking out. So it's, it's finding ways to help these women feel really safe in their expression, safe in their bodies, safe in their truth, and working with them to find ways that, again, that feel authentic for them to, to be who they are in this world without feeling like they're going to be cancelled, without feeling like they're going to be thrown onto the pyre, without feeling like they're going to be trolled. Because, you know, this world can be really fucking brutal, um, for women who who dare to speak their truth, so it's all about helping these women find you know safety in the nervous system, and again, it's practice as well. It's practice. It's like a muscle. It needs to be worked on. It needs to be, it needs to be worked and grown and until it becomes second nature. It's not some like quick fix. Take a pill and all of a sudden you can speak your truth and everything will be fine. But it's it's so fun because again it's like as soon as you it's like a tap you know as soon as you open the tap it's like it just gushes and it won't be stopped there's no going back well gushing's always good <laughs> fiona you are a trailblazer you are provocative you're known for creating provocative writing and art and offerings and i want to ask how comfortable you are you with being seen as provocative and do you even see yourself that way it's funny because in a way i know what i do and i know how i do it and i don't try to do it so it does come very naturally and i think over the years i've just learned more and more and more into that truth and i know that that's what magnetizes a lot of women to me you know they they kind of see something in me that they want that they know they have but they want support in unlocking that, you know, unapologetic expression and saying the fucking thing and taking away all the sorries and, and actually daring to create the art that they want to create and daring to do the things that they want to do without this shame hangover. And I think 
I don't have any shame hangovers. And sometimes it seems really simple when I say like, I just do it. I just say the thing. I post the thing. I really don't think about it. Um, but God, there was a time, you know, before when I was definitely the good girl, you know, it wasn't, I don't think that I have been like this my whole life. You know, if I think back to some of the dynamics in my childhood, I definitely, you know, bit my tongue and stayed quiet at the dinner table because I couldn't be bothered for the confrontation with my brothers. And, you know, one of my brothers took up more space and I just, you know, I was kind of more the quiet, meek one. But definitely as I found my footing and my purpose, I've, it's like, it's just so in alignment that it comes so easily and naturally for me. And I think that's why it's had, it's been met the way it's been met because it's, it's a, my authentic expression. Um, and I think that's when you can really tell when somebody's not in their authentic expression and they try and, you know, you and I have spoken about this before, when they try and copy something or emulate a cadence or take a name or take um, an idea and they, they try and do it the same way and it just doesn't land because it's not them. So when I think of myself as being provocative and, and edgy and a trailblazer, I'm I'm really happy to, to be able to say I, I know I am now and I've done a lot of work um, to get myself to this place where I feel 100% safe in that expression because I definitely, I definitely wasn't like that before. Yeah, I think it's important to note that you're not attempting to be provocative, but truth will always land provocatively in a place where people are not being true. And it got me thinking how... It would be beautiful if one day the kind of work you do wouldn't land so provocatively because people are more in touch with who they really are. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's it's so edgy in inverted commas now because there's still there's still so many women who who aren't in that expression who struggle finding that that expression and um, you know a lot of a lot of what I say is like, I'm here to, to make the taboo mainstream because it's ridiculous, you know, that there, that there are all these for, forbidden and, oh my God, aspects of, of the feminine in our expression and words we can and cannot say and, we, and ways that we can and cannot use our bodies. And definitely I hope that there is a time where this is just almost like I'm out of a job my job will just look completely different because me and every other woman who's who's doing similar work has kind of helped the collective to to get to a point where they can just be their authentic expression and and we don't have to provoke this big activation into truth we just are we just wake up every day and are and are living and expressing in our truth yes please I'll have some of that yeah amen and we can all live in covens outdoors and everything will be fun again <laughs> with our dogs definitely with the dogs our dogs are friends by the way listeners and it's very very sweet seeing them play together so sweet something i want to ask you about now love is the body your work really works deeply with the body and with embodiment and with this authentic expression as a body-based experience. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your work. Oh, I mean, I think every woman needs to meet her body more and more and more and more. You know, we live in a world where we're kept so disconnected and so disembodied that I think it's such a joy and an honor to bring this the embodiment work to women and, and really see like the instant shifts that can happen even in the first breath, even in the first invitation to exhale, even in the first guidance of like feeling your, your base on the floor, whatever it is. It's like this guiding women back home to, to their bodies, to this vessel of wisdom, to this vessel of pleasure and power and, and you know, intuitive guidance. And for me, there was a time, you know, in my in my life where I was so disconnected from my body. So, you know, I abused my body. I starved my body. I, you know, did all the things. And so coming back to the body to then share this with um, with women through my work is 
is a, it just feels like, how can I not? Um, and I know that when I'm feeling the most out of alignment, it's because that I'm forgetting my body. So I, I bring it through through all of my work because this is really where we find the true answers. This is where we really find the, the self-healing and the self-empowerment. It's not like I'm giving anybody like a golden ticket or a or giving them something that they don't already have, but guiding women back into their bodies. It's like, oh, I am, I am sovereign. I am in complete ownership of myself. I know how to lead myself. I know how to access all the nooks and crannies of my body. I know how to feel into pleasure. I know how to to manage and and feel the pain. And it's this coming. It's kind of like we were speaking to at the beginning of of befriending the dark. And it's the same with befriending the body. And through the body, we merge with the dark. And so we cannot go through life just living in our heads, just living from the shoulders up. We have to bring the body with us. We, with us. we have to understand the, you know, the way that we can feel ourselves. We have to understand the way that we bleed and the, all the hormonal changes that we go through. We have to understand, you know, what we feel like inside. We have to understand how our heart feels. You know, we cannot be, be fully expressed, fully feeling women with, without that connection. And um, one of the ways that I love to bring women back to that to that connection is through, you know, dance, is through movement, through guided embodiment practices. But it can be so simple. You know, it doesn't have to be this like three hour long ritual. It can just start with like breath, with intention. So sometimes I do sometimes think the word embodiment has been bandied around a lot and, and just like shoved on the, the end or shoved in front of something just as like a key word. But it gets to be so simple. It's just this like beautiful returning home to what you already have. You don't need any fucking tools. You just need intention. You need some awareness. You need your presence. You need two hands and you just need some time. And giving yourself those things and coming back in and meeting yourself where you are without judgment, with with love, oh, is so nourishing. It's so, so nourishing. So it's it's just such a joy to to bring practices to women in, in my retreats and my work because I know what it feels like having gone from completely disconnected to reconnected and where I am now the reconnection is is just is so much so much better beautiful and then where does sexuality come into your body-based work it's so funny I was before this I was kind of thinking back um, and one of I have such a precious memory. I have always been so curious about the female body. Like since I was younger, I, I found a you know those like foam noodles that you have in the pool. Yes, I do. I gave myself an orgasm by accident when I was like six in the pool on a noodle, and I was like, oh my goodness, like there's something between my legs. Like I need to understand more about this. What was that pleasure? How can I do this? And I remember being in the bath once with my cousin and, you know, being in the bath and, and she was doing like backwards rolls in the, in, in the tub. And I, like, as she spun around, I just like saw her whole like vulva and all the holes. And I was like, oh my God, there are holes. And I was just so curious from such a young age. I remember asking my mom all these questions, you know, seeing tampons in her in her bathroom and we went on long dog walks and I asked her like every single question under the sun she bought me period books and in there I learned how to use a mirror and look um at your vulva and kind of really learn yeah it was just such a you know precious time when I was that young and that curious so I think I've, I I know I've always had a natural curiosity to um to our you know, our, our sexual center. And then obviously as I became sexually mature, I was I was very interested in um in pleasure and in sharing my body with people. You know, a lot of a lot of the time was done not in a way that was um honoring of myself, but I don't have any shame or remorse or regret for that time because I know that it was just myself being really curious and just wanting to explore. And I remember when I, you know, I actually wanted to be a sex ed educator for a while and I've just um it kind of it, it I didn't really go down the, the sex ed route in a way my my journey kind of shifted more into sex into erotic empowerment and really supporting women get in touch with their own eros their own sexual energy by meeting again through the connection of the body by feeling what does their 
um, you know, what are the the nuances and the flavors of their um, their sexual desires, their sexual expression, and and supporting them, you know, really be with them and embody them and, and share them with themselves and with with partners if they had them. And it's just it's my my kind of signature group program, if, if that's a thing is the erotic feminine that I run once a year and it's my absolute favorite course working with the erotic feminine archetypes and it's it's such a permission slip it's such a, a program of sexual liberation for these women who you know may have been in partnerships for like 10 20 years maybe more finally meeting and unlocking these these energies and these archetypes within them and seeing their bodies in a different way and just giving themselves you know complete um complete permission to just really be in their sexual energy and in their sexual expression not for not to perform not to to please anyone but just because they themselves are being really curious and adventurous with with the truth of their feminine energy as it wants to move in that moment so that's kind of the way that my curiosity with with um sexuality has kind of shifted through like my childhood into the work that i do now I loved hearing the story about the poor noodle and so many of us, I'm sure many of our listeners, I certainly can, can relate to this moment of exploration where we chanced upon our pleasure and how this is such a doorway and the fact that you've woven that experience into the work that you do in the world that's touched so many women, it really feels like that is a deep part of your psyche and your soul that you have brought to the world and it feels very true to who you are so yeah I I think that's truly beautiful if there's a woman or women listening to this episode and they are thinking I don't feel fully expressed whether it's in their voice or their embodiment or their sexuality what would you invite them to explore if she's not feeling fully expressed i would invite her to really contemplate in you know in what areas is she not feeling expressed um and i love i'm i love shadow work so you know i love getting kinky with the shadows as well and looking at the ways in which you know we may be hiding through the sabotage but also really asking like what is the payoff for me not being expressed in this area like how am i keeping myself safe by not expressing myself in this area um and i think you know kind of once you've you've found maybe some illumination through through the the self-inquiry of the subconscious it's then what do I need to do? You know, how can I support my body to start to feel safe so that I can start to move into a more authentic and a more aligned expression? And, you know, maybe there's some big nervous system work that needs to happen. Maybe there's some trauma pieces that need to be looked at with, you know, with a trained professional. Maybe it's just a case, as I said before, of taking baby steps and and practicing and working the muscle of what does it feel like maybe to step more and more into my power what does it feel like to to lean into a new edge what does it feel like to burn down the walls of this box that i've put myself in because it's so easy for us to kind of sit here and moan about why things aren't very good and I always just want to encourage people like do the things that scare you because your life is going to stay the same until you actually dare to do something different. Why sometimes I guess I can be thought of as quite, you know, provocative or, or trailblazing because it's almost like I, I want to like lovingly push you to your edges because I am, I am bored of seeing women of seeing humans just staying stuck and settling when there is so much fucking potential we all have it we need to step up into it we need to take up space we need to step up into the embodied authentic fully expressed women humans that we are here to be so I think you know finding a, a coach or a practitioner or somebody a, a BFF who can like be your accountability buddy to be with you every day to to witness you. There's so much power in being witnessed and being held accountable for change. 
that I, you just have to say, yeah, I always say, you know, when, when somebody starts to work with me, the, the activation starts at, at the application. It starts with the desire. It starts with the yes. Before you've even done the work, any work, before you've even had five minutes on a call, the activation starts with the curiosity, with the inquiry, with the, the application, with the yes. So make that decision for yourself that things can change, that you are ready to step into your next level of um expression or you know you're ready to to start working with your body you're ready to heal the trauma whatever it is just make the decision make it now and you're going to thank yourself so much that you made it rather than stayed stuck and, and settled i love it i love the fierceness i love the fire and the passion and yeah it also makes me reflect how different we are because my mm, catalyzing towards movement is often slightly softer but that's beautiful I'm, i've got a lot of fire and air i've got like no grounding um elements in my in my chart i think i'm all like air and fire um but yeah i think i just again it's like i can't help it it's just the way that i the way that I am, and it's funny, you know, when I think about how I was raised, I was definitely not raised this way. I was definitely raised, you know, with a lot of softness. So I think the more that I've come into my truth and found my voice and, the, you know, just finding my magic and it's it's this it's it's being an activator and it's being kind of like, I like to say that I light fires up people's asses and you know, people, they come back for more. It's not like I scare them away. It's not like I push them over the edge, but I love, you know, walking women into their edges because that's where it gets really juicy. And, you know, these the women that I work with, every woman has complete autonomy, has complete sovereignty, and they choose to lean in. And when I get to be there and like hold them accountable and witness that that change and, and what happens on the other side of the, the edge is like, oh, it's so cool so cool i love your fire and yeah i love the ways that we're different and i think as i've got older i've recognized the importance of having people around you who bring different qualities into your life and are different to you and you know as we're going to be co-facilitating a residential retreat this is really beautiful as well because it means that we can bring through two very different flavors that can work harmoniously together. Well, I love how on the, on the live that we had the other day, you said that I'm like catalytic and I, I absolutely love that word. I would say that that's, that's definitely a very good word to use in, in relation to how, how, I, how I express myself in the work that I do. It's kind of like I throw a grenade in there and I, I watch everything like explode. In a loving, loving well-held way, may I say. Oh, 100% loving and well-held. Of course, love. Of course. You're far too aware of consent and energies to be, yeah, anything other than loving and well-held. That's why <laughs> when we, you know, when we bring our magic together at the Dark Goddess Retreat, it is going to be so complimentary. Um, and the beauty of it, you know, we're going to learn so much from each other as well as space holders. The group will benefit so much from this like beautiful polarity and dance between both of the ways that we hold space and both of the ways that that we'll bring our practices and our tools and and what we have planned out. That it's it's going to be a really yummy like harmony of 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 offerings. I think absolutely and. Yeah, just joining forces with a friend and a sister as well to offer women's work and to do it in community just feels like it's bringing this whole extra element of power and magic behind it. I mentioned that people see you as provocative and as a trailblazer. And, you know, I have my own reputation for being at times polarizing. And I was just wondering, you know, both of us, you mentioned earlier that in human design, we are five ones. And this is five one. I mean, I'm no expert in this, but five one, the idea is that you have a high projection field where it means that there is a lot of, a lot of projections are placed onto you, a lot of expectations. And sometimes, even though you haven't agreed to these projections and even though they are not based in you know something you've consented to or even something that really 
is accurate about you, if anything deviates from those projections, then there can be this kind of toppling, this feeling that you've let people down. Do you think, does that describe 5-1 well enough, love? Yeah, no, I think that makes, that that's a good way of describing it. Okay, so with that in mind, what are some of the projections that you have regularly placed onto you that you would like to debunk or that do not feel like they are, yeah, relevant to who you really are? I have heard that I can be intimidating, but this is through people who don't know me, but who may like land on my feed and then all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't want to sign up because it feels intimidating, which is so not who I am <laughs> at all. Um, but I, I don't really know what what other projections they would have. That's the only one that really comes to mind. Yeah, intimidating is one I get sometimes as well, which is, you know, it's funny. I know you, you know me. We're both very warm and down to earth. So yeah, you're not intimidating. I'm not intimidating. But I think, yeah, when you hold a lot of energy and when you have a bit of a platform, then sometimes just holding yourself in a world of people who often don't feel like they're entitled to hold themselves, that is enough to come across as intimidating. Yeah, I agree. And I think also we have big work here to share and we're not like, we're not, um, we're not being shy about it. So I think, you know, so many women who may just stumble upon us and not realize that they have so much to learn may get quite triggered by what we say and how we say it, because we've done so much work to get ourselves to where we are now that I think somebody who just who just lands on there can and it might feel quite affronting to see two incredible powerhouses taking up space and speaking the way that we speak and I love it because I I I love being that act that kind of accidental activator in a way because I know when I see people who activate me they might trigger me at first and they might but I know that when I sit and look at what they've activated within me, I then see where I'm in denial of something. And then I, I'm actually really fucking grateful that they showed me that part of myself so that I can get over that part of myself, integrate it and then move on. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? I remember a time where I had just started using Instagram and I would occasionally see women sharing things. This must be in like 2017. And I would feel kind of shocked and oh I'd have a reaction and I'd have a projection and I can honestly say that that just isn't part of my reality anymore um I don't care what other people are doing as long as they're not causing harm to others and I have no emotional responses I have no energy to to be going around kind of looking and judging what anyone else is doing because I'm so focused on my own beautiful life, my own world, my community, my clients, my friends that, yeah, it's really not shocking to me that somebody is out in the world expressing themselves unapologetically. Love, I would like to speak now about our beautiful offering, our co-creation, Dark Goddess Retreat that is taking place October 27th to 30th at the beautiful retreat centre called 42 Acres in Somerset. So it's right before Samhain. It's called Dark Goddess Retreat because we are really inviting women to come into the field of that ancient force of magic and mystery we call the Dark Goddess across all cultures and yeah I want to start off by asking you what are you most looking forward to about Dark Goddess? Oh I just can't wait it is going to be so nourishing um I remember when we just for a little like background context of how Dark Goddess was birthed we were having some spa shenanigans for your birthday in in Jan and I remember we were talking about 42 acres and then we were like, let's do something together. And it felt so long, it felt so far away in January. So now I feel like 
you know, having had this beautiful kind of build up to now and, and knowing it, it's a month and a half away just feels so special that that it's kind of been in our field for like nine months. Like it's kind of been like gestating in a way. And now we actually get to, to birth it and bring it to life and invite invite women in. So, you know, as I said at the beginning, it's working with women at this time of year it is so powerful. And I think for you and I to both bring our magic and medicine together and and invite women into meeting the the dark force and the dark beauty within themselves through the body, through ritual, through practice, through all the yummy things that we'll have planned is going to be, you know, both nourishing and activating, both, you know, revealing and illuminating. And, and I know that the women who step in, they'll, they'll learn something beautiful about themselves and about the dark and how to really merge and, and melt into this season that comes around every year and how to understand how it shows up in their bodies more and how to how to just surrender into this this very real and, and raw part of themselves and I'm just I'm just really excited me too love I'm excited for many many reasons about this retreat one of them is that it's taking place on the land that I was born on the land that I love Somerset and there's something so special about Somerset in autumn where the hedgerows and the hedgerows are really important places to those of us who are witches. They are full of medicine at this time of year. I mentioned this briefly at the beginning of this episode, but to see the hedgerows alive with Queen Anne's lace and rose hips and hawthorns and sloes and blackberries, it recalls to me all of the wise women, all of the witches that have been working with the medicines of the autumnal English hedgerows for thousands of years. And as we are hosting our retreat just a few days before Samhain, I feel that this is such a potent moment to gather together wild women and bring them to this beautiful place that is 42 acres in Somerset. 42 acres is a working regenerative farm where they have a really deep ethos around protecting and conserving the land. And this stretches in all directions. One of the directions it stretches in that I'm very excited about is food. And 42 Acres have what they call a soil-to-gut menu, where they have worked to remineralize the soil so that the organic and seasonal produce that they grow there is completely filled with the nutritional value that food should be these days, but often isn't due to soil depletion. And then there are some of the experiences that we've deliberately curated for our guests to celebrate Samhain. You know, Samhain is a fire festival. It is a celebration. It's time for us to have fun. It's time for us to remember our ancestors, to remember people who aren't here with us and to celebrate them and remember them. And it's also a time for us to honor the land and honor this liminal portal that is Samhain, this going down into the darker part of the year. We're going to do some beautiful earth-based rituals. I'm going to be guiding our guests through saining, through the Scottish folk magic practice of saining and each woman is going to receive her own saining stick and we'll be practicing a beautiful ritual for protection and purification then we have sauna sauna in the forest i love sauna but sauna with a group of witches at night <laughs> in the forest takes it to the next level we're going to have beautiful evening activities where we're having a banquet in the woods, all lovingly prepared for us by the chefs at 42 Acres. There are just so many little details to this retreat that we have both curated so that our guests can have the most nourishing, the most magical time. And of course, there's this intention that our guests will get to experience the field of the dark goddess. So I want to ask you, Fiona, who is the dark goddess to you? The dark goddess is to me just feels like this very ancient primordial 
part of of the feminine consciousness of women that lives within our bodies and our intuition you know that is um that really pulls us down to our sex to our root for me she you know she manifests in so many ways and so many um expressions you know we're gonna weave them into our retreat the, the dark archetypes that as I said, you know what I like. I find it really difficult to bring this into into words because for me, it's such like a felt experience. It's such an um, an energetic sense. Um, and when I, I mean, how she kind of came to me all those years ago. It she was kind of in the in the guise of the wild woman like that was my real entry point into feeling this dark ancient wisdom within me and it's it's this as i said this like ancestral like primordial kind of like knowing that we have unlimited access to when we go within when we step into the void when we silence ourselves from the noise when we really step in and drop into our bodies and it is this you know within that space i feel like it's this cauldron for limitless potential you know we become the creatrix we become the witch we become the seductress we become the whore and i think to really have uh, an embodied experiential kind of understanding of what the dark goddess is is so individual um and is so it can be deeply nourishing it can be deeply activating it can be extremely obviously as always um illuminating we always learn more and more about ourselves every time we kind of summon in this energy and, and drop in um and i think that's kind of also why i'm excited for the dark goddess retreat because it's it's impossible to know what will come through when we when we call in this energy um and it will be felt so differently among all of the guests as it will for you and i as well yeah love everything that you just said feels in my body like a full Yes. And something I'd like to add is that for any women who are desiring more of the things that you've been speaking about in this episode, more truth, more embodiment, more erotic expression, then the Dark Goddess is a powerful ally and teacher. And I have work that goes into this in much more detail and I'll keep it slightly compact here, but it's my understanding that the dark goddess and the dark feminine as these primordial ancient threads of feminine consciousness have been deliberately obfuscated and hidden because when women have full access to this energy, it is the ultimate remedy in breaking and healing these ancestral curses that have kept women silent and disconnected from their bodies and separate from their sexuality. And so one of the beautiful ways that we can bring more of this embodied feminine energy into our lives is to cultivate relationships with the dark goddess ideally in community ideally close to the earth and yeah this is at the root of what we're going to be offering in dark goddess retreat yeah i love that yeah it is this a reclamation and a return to yeah the truth of of who we are and it's absolutely so so important to remember how we've been cut off from that and how how this yeah this this energy this expression has been um demonized and it's up to us to kind of extend our our intention to reconnect as you said and and yeah i absolutely believe yeah doing this in sisterhood and community in in our covens is where where the the real magic happens working with the you know the sister wounding building back that trust within the feminine and holding space for it all, for, for, all, for any and all expressions. Mm. Love, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye? Yeah, for everybody listening, thank you so much for 
for choosing to yeah i don't even want to say do this work but for really returning back to um to yourselves and for listening to your intuition and for returning to your bodies and for um yeah realigning yourself to to the feminine path to your feminine energy and for breaking breaking the chains and breaking the curses as you said and um and helping to inspire the change that the world is is ready to receive and to feel beautifully said to finish off i love to do a round of quick fire questions are you ready i'm ready what's your favorite meal or type of food that you're really enjoying at the moment i mean i always love dark chocolate and sea salt that is like i always have at least three bars of lint in my fridge oh good choice are you vaccinated absolutely not oh this one's controversial who's your favorite spice girl uh ginger spice Where's your favorite place in the world? Ooh, I'm going to say just because it's at the top of my head, Costa Rica. Which feminine archetype or goddess are you closest to? I mean, me and the wild woman. Wild woman is, she's my main gal. If you could only do one practice for the rest of your life, which of your practices would that be? Um, getting on my hands and knees and just moving my body in the most delicious, intuitive, flowy way. I could do that for hours. That would be my, that is my one go-to always. Fee, thank you so much for being my guest on the Oracle podcast today. I so appreciate your time and all the beautiful shares you've offered my listeners and I. Thank you, my love, for having me. It's been so fun. It's been a pleasure, love. I will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to Fiona McCoss and I have a good old chat. And of course, we would love for you to come and join us at Dark Goddess Retreat in Somerset this autumn, right before Samhain. So if you feel called to do that, go and have a little look at either of our websites or socials. You know where I am. And you'll find Fiona at fionamacost.com or via Instagram at fionamacost. I'll link to both of those in the show notes for this episode, as well as a link to the Dark Goddess webpage. Thank you for being here, my dears. I wish you a beautiful rest of your day or whatever you're up to in the world. And I'll be back very soon with my next episode, because what I'm doing at the moment is I'm sharing podcasts with all of the women who are teaching on the cosmic feminine. So if you're not sure what that is, the cosmic feminine is my first ever facilitator training. It starts on Wednesday, September 20th, which is rather soon. And so far we've had a beautiful chat with Jasmine Rose. We've had this chat with Fiona. And next coming up, we have a chat with Alexis Sabatino of She Heals Collective, followed by another beautiful conversation with Kathy Coyle. So all these women are guest teachers on the Cosmic Feminine Training. If you'd like more information about coming to learn how to be a feminine wisdom guide with me, then you'll find that in the show notes as well. Much love.